Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Find some remote crazy place, beautiful place on top of a mountain. The next thing you know, you guys are traveling together for weeks at a time and camping together every night around the campfire, drinking whiskey and telling stories, you know? the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hey, everyone. It has been a hot minute since we've had a show. And I want to take a quick moment of transparency to just say thank you to all of you who send me messages to tell me how much you appreciate this podcast because... You'd have to be a solo female podcaster to understand what it's like to sit by myself with a microphone and produce a show on top of all the other projects that I have going on. It's a lot of work and that's why I take breaks like I do. But if there's one thing that I know, it's that I am not going to let this show go because you guys have shown me how much it's changing your lives, providing inspiration and giving you confidence to go forth in the direction of your dreams. And that is the magic that I will continue to facilitate to the best of my ability. I am totally in the business of changing lives and making a positive impact. So thanks for sticking with me even through the breaks. And if you want to send me a message or say hi, Instagram is my social media of choice. You can find me at Traveling Jackie and I would love to connect with you there. All right, I had so much fun producing these next two episodes because they gave me a chance to sort of relive a lot of my recent experience down in Patagonia. And on that note... I uh, I successfully led my second group trip through Patagonia last November. I took eight of you guys on a multi-sport hiking, kayaking, craft beer drinking adventure through the Lake District of Northern Patagonia. And this year I'm taking a group back to Southern Patagonia, which is the same trip that I led in 2016. Um, If you are interested in traveling to Patagonia with me, check out the budgetmindedtraveler.com slash trips to see all the trips that I'm hosting. I'm also taking a group on a bucket list adventure to Jordan this May, and there are still spots open for that. We are trekking part of the Jordan Trail to Petra, which has been on my bucket list four years, um, pretty much since my Indiana Jones childhood. So I am super excited to finally be doing that. Um, so yeah, the budgetmindedtraveler.com slash trips will take you straight to all the trips that I'm leading. Definitely check that out. All right. Now, uh, you guys probably remember Ford Quarterman, aka at Where's the Gringo from episode 81. He was in Colombia at that time driving his forerunner down the Pan American Highway. And we talked all about his journey up to that point. And during that conversation, we discovered that we would both be in Patagonia around the same time in the fall. 
Um, fast forward through a couple more conversations and some planning logistics, and we ended up meeting in Northern Patagonia and spent five weeks driving south through Chilean Patagonia in his beloved forerunner, Cielito Lindo. And it was absolutely epic in every sense. Uh, and I wanted to bring him back on the show to talk about that experience. But first, we're going to recap the end of Ford's trip after two and a half years on the Pan American Highway because there's so much to cover on just that subject alone. So this episode has some great resources and tips for anyone with an interest in overlanding or driving through South America. And the next episode is all about our road trip down the Carretera Austral. So here we go again, back to South America with Ford. Let's do this. Welcome back to my show. Well, hello. Well, hello. How are, How are you, are you sir? Jack? I'm, I'm, we're, <laughs> we're, we're still talking over each other. So things just don't change. Yeah, off to a great start. We, we weren't just talking for 20 minutes before we hit the record button. It didn't talk over each other once. So <laughs> smooth start to the podcast here, Jackie. Yeah, of course it is. So uh, <laughs> let's, um, let's start with... With my favorite question, where are you right now? Well, I am a long way from the last time we had a podcast, which was in Colombia, mm-hmm. and a long way away, even farther away from the last time we saw each other in person, which was Patagonia. Mm-hmm. I'm back home in Tacoa, Georgia, which is my hometown. Uh, it's where my parents still live, and it's where I can always count on to come back and lay on a couch and eat too much food uh, and watch too much crappy American television and just decompress and relax after a long trip. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And this one, this is, this has been the longest trip of your life and you are officially done. How's that feel? It hasn't really set in yet, you know, because I guess I've been back for three weeks now, but like you said, the longest trip of my life, this trip that I just ended was the drive down the Pan American Highway. That was two and a half years. Mm-hmm. But that was the last two and a half years of more than five years that I've actually been traveling. Um, so it's going to take a little longer than three weeks for it to set in for me to be able to like, I don't know, kind of organize my thoughts and ref- write down some reflections and stuff. Um but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying just relaxing and being home and and yeah, soon I got to go back to work. I've hmm. spent almost all my money. Mm-hmm. That'll happen. I know you were you posted when when you were at the end of your trip, you posted something about, you know, I haven't found an epiphany or, you know, like nothing nothing has really come to me. Like I don't have any real wisdom to share at the end of this trip. I'm just kind of going home, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I can totally relate to because you've just been on this huge adventure and it's all, you, you accomplished your dream. You made it to the end of the road in Ushuaia and it's like something's going to happen to you. And really you just turn around and you keep going. Um, yep. and now you're at home enjoying and relaxing and I guess you can just take it one day at a time, you know, and enjoy, enjoy what you have and 
not worry about where you're sleeping at night or where you're going to find your next meal or who's going to cook it when you're running out of gas and it's dark and <laughs> the tent still needs to be set up. And all that stuff. <laughs> it's raining. And it's raining. And there's roosters trying to steal your food. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, quite a few stories, but um, yeah, exactly. It's not like there was a line of people applauding, you know, in a... Yeah a big ribbon for me to run through or I guess drive through at the end of the line. It was just kind of like I got to the end of the road and got out and looked around and it was a sunny day and I hugged my brother because, Mm -hmm. uh, he was the only one who was still with me at that time. Uh, you, you had gone or I think you stayed in Puerto Natales. Mm -hmm. So we parted ways a little bit before that. Uh, and I was like, well, I guess this is it, you know? Um, it didn't really hit me until I went to the airport and I gave the keys to the new people who bought the, the my truck because mm. I, I sold it. I sold it some to some other uh, gringos, some other Americans, some rock climbers uh, who wanted to, you know, have their own means of transportation down there. And when they drove away, and I knew that I saw my truck for the last time, and I was sitting there with all my bags, it kind of all hit me at once. Uh, not the reflection and epiphany what wisdom of the trip but the magnitude of the trip being over uh and me saying goodbye to my loyal truck my loyal friend and Cielito lindo. she's gone and, and and i i'm telling you i sat in the airport alone and cried like a little baby for probably 20 minutes i think people probably just thought i was crazy just me sitting there and just it was uh it was pretty tough man i didn't know that the love between a man and a machine could be so real it's not just that though it was the i think the what it meant you know it was not just a car it was all the memories all the miles everything that you had just done and that's oh yeah i know when you posted um you posted several pictures of that on Instagram. And I think I might have teared up a little bit, you know, like I felt it after spending, what, five weeks with mm-hmm. you on that road. It was sad, you know, but yeah, but you did it. You, saw. you went through with it and congratulations. Yeah, well, thanks, Jackie. I appreciate it. And you, you imagine only five weeks you were in the truck with me and you saw how many times that truck saved our tails and uh, how crucial it was to the adventures we had and oh, yeah. where it oh, took yeah. us and in, in places that were only possible uh, in that truck, you know, in, in your own car. And, and, you know, you can imagine me being on the road for two and a half years, how many memories racked up. So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty tough, but I have little to no regrets and I'm super, super happy. Uh, that I completed the trip and I'm super happy that I bought that truck, man. It was an angel. It only, it gave me minimal problems. It was the, the perfect truck. So it was really a blessing. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, don't cry. Okay. And now she's on to, she's on to another adventure. Cielito Lindo right. adventures live on. And I'm sorry if y'all are sick of seeing, you know, anyone out there who might follow me. Uh, any, if y'all are sick of seeing pictures of my truck, well, you might just want to hit that unfollow button because there's pictures of that truck that's going to be coming for years, many, years many, many years. more, yes. <laughs> many more. So that's okay. What an adventure. So, um, since we last 
it was mm, last summer, maybe, that we did um, the podcast. So it's been lots of months. You were in Colombia and you continued all the way down. Um, is there anything special that you want to mention that you did on the way? I mean, we're going to get into what, what our part, kind of mm-hmm. last section, Patagonia here in a minute. But um, leading up to that, was there anything yeah. that really stood out to you along that way? Because I know that we 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 kind of hit some of your favorite places on the way down to Colombia. Was there anything mm-hmm. else? Oh, yeah. I mean, too many to name, you know. Um, Only but... about eight months worth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Eight or nine months worth. And, uh, who knows how many miles, how many kilometers, but I mean, Colombia was a highlight. Colombia is one of my favorite countries in the entire world. Definitely from this past trip, it's got the total package for me. Um, went all over Colombia, uh, Ecuador, the Amazon tried to climb Chimborazo and had to turn back, unfortunately, because my climbing partner got altitude sickness, which is, that was like a Oof. 6,300 meter mountain. That was a pretty cool highlight. Um, in Peru, you know, Peru is much more than Machu Picchu. Um, obviously Machu Picchu was a big highlight. I hiked to Machu Picchu over the course of four or five days on the Salcantay trek. Anyone looking to go to Machu Picchu who doesn't have the money or the, uh, time to organize the Inca trail trek. Cause you got to do it months in advance. Check out Salcantay. It's a, certainly a worthwhile alternative and the man the salt flats the salt flats and lagunas route in bolivia i mean i'd been to the salt flats before they're the biggest salt flats in the world but having your own car once again just was a game changer i mean we went out and camped in the middle of the salt flats for two nights and then went on the lagunas route which is like a four or five day route through the high alpine mountains and deserts and and lagoons that comes out in the atacama desert and it was just it was probably the stretch of the trip that was the wildest and most primitive and remote feeling. Uh, cause you go multiple days with seeing no sort of civilization. You have to carry extra gas in your car, obviously food and water for multiple days. And it was like next level. It was like overlanding in Africa. You know what I mean? It's like if some, if you break down out there, you know, you have a real problem until someone can come by and rescue you and come by and pull you out, which Fortunately, there is a lot of people driving that route, so that shouldn't be a big problem unless you get way off of the route. And um, then, speaking of that, before you move on, that yeah, that seemed really really cool because you hooked up with like four other vehicles, didn't you? On that when you did that, yeah, including so, like t- at least two other forerunners, right? Actually, it was uh, it was three forerunners. It was pretty funny. So there was there was actually five vehicles. We were five vehicles, and yeah, people who travel internationally in their cars across interna- international borders are called overlanders. So there's a pretty night, uh, tight knit community online of overlanders, and I had previously met one of the uh, couples of the overlanding couple who was in one of the forerunners before. I had met them in uh, Mexico. Uh, and I was trying to plan to coordinate with them to do this route because like I said, it's very primitive and, and extreme and, and you want to try to caravan with other trucks. Um, and I delayed my trip a few days to wait for them to catch up and they finally did. And they're like, surprise, we have three other trucks too, two of which were forerunners. So of the, of the, what, wait a second, let me count. No, of the five cars four were forerunners, <laughs> four forerunners, including mine. 
and then it was like a Mitsubishi um, Montero, I think. And yeah, we caravaned through the salt flats and through the Lagunas route, and it was awesome. I mean, we were each one of them was a couple, so those two in each one of their cars, and then me, being the international Uber man that I am, Uber. <laughs> I, uh, you know, that's one of the ways I've offset my costs is by picking up other travelers and sharing gas all the way down the Pan Am. I had a full car. I had five people with me, so we were like uh, the math thirteen people. It was so much fun. And, um, and this is one of the reasons why I love my truck and why I had such a love affair with it and why I was so sentimental and why I will continue publishing photos of Cielito Linda for some time to come. I really put her through too much on this trip. I loaded five people up. We had to load all of their gear, all of their camping equipment, all of their backpacks, food for five people, water for five people for five days. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of water. We were like sliding water bottles in like every nook and cranny we could fit. And then on top of that, extra gas for five days. I mean, it was the most weight that has ever been put in a forerunner ever, probably. <laughs> and and then on top of that, we're going through the Lagunas route, which is rough terrain, four-wheel drive necessary routes that go up to 15, 16,000 feet. And my truck just... I mean, ran like a champ, powered right on through. And it was certainly one of the highlights of the entire trip, no doubt about it. And um, uh, it was great, you know, and and anyone out there who doesn't have their own car, you guys can do the same tour, uh, the salt flats to through the Lagunas route all the way down to San Pedro de Atacama, which is in Northern Chile. Uh, It's quite a popular trip and it's really awesome. Uh, but it really was next level having your own car and having full freedom to uh, explore. And that was a a huge, huge uh, highlight of the entire trip. And then from there, we went down through the desert. And I went all the way down very quickly, made my way down to Santiago, Chile, crossed over to Argentina, spent my birthday, my 31st birthday with some really good friends in La Rioja, Argentina. And then I drove all the way down Route 40 and met up with you yeah. in Bariloche. Bariloche. Um, mm-hmm. And before we get into that part, didn't what is this online community of overlanders that you mentioned? Do you guys have a Facebook group or yeah. something? So, like, how do you communicate? Right. By the way, anyone out there listening, and it's really cool because I've had multiple people contact me after your first podcast, Jackie, that have contacted me and said, awesome podcast. Uh, thanks for the inspiration. You know, now Mm -hmm. me and my husband or me and my boyfriend or something are thinking about, uh, buying a car and driving down through the Americas. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really cool to, to reach people's ears that I don't know, that can be, that can be inspired in that way. And, and, and and I guess change the course of some people's lives. And I want to encourage everyone out there who is maybe from the United States or lives somewhere in, 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 in the Americas, or anyone out there, you know, in Europe too. But the Pan American Highway, I can speak speak specifically on the the best way, the absolute best way to do it is to be an overlander, to buy your own car and to drive it, have complete freedom. It's not as dangerous and not as expensive as you think. Um, the dangerous areas are very easy to avoid, and um, please do it. You won't regret it. It'll be a life changing journey. And if you do, 
you definitely need to check out some resources. Uh, one of them is, is referenced in Jackie's blog post. Jackie's got a, a pretty comprehensive how to drive the Carretera Austral, Patagonia's ultimate road trip. And one of the essential resources she puts in there is an app called iOverlander. And um, it is a gold mine. It's this app that it has all these markers on a map that show you all these places to camp, uh, whether they're legit places like at campgrounds that you pay for or whether they're wild camping. It has places, uh, mechanic shops, trusted mechanic shops, uh, uh, places to fill up your propane tanks, you know, cause most overlanders have some sort of stove that they cook on, um, information about border crossings, information about, uh, roads that you don't need to go down for any, any particular reason. Um, super, super helpful. And it works offline as well. And we found some pretty cool campsites using that app, didn't we, Jackie? We found every single thing on that app. I think we did... Every single thing that we did was like from that app. Every night that we stayed. <laughs> I feel like without that app, we would have been lost on a map somewhere. I don't know. We found yeah, well, everything. It was such... A, it's like a magic app. It's magic. So definitely right. iOverlander. Absolutely iOverlander. And... You have to think. Yeah, if you don't, if you want to be complete, uh, completely in charge of your own destiny, and kind of just what's the word? Kind of float with the wind, and, and that's that's another thing. You know, you can go that route, uh, but you have to understand. I mean, I, when you when you preface it that way, Jackie, kind of sounds like we stuck to an itinerary, and we stuck to almost like uh, we read these blog posts and stuff. And we plan. No, 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 no. What you have to realize is that this iOverlander app is a bunch of crazy people like me who've been driving their cars through Latin America for years and years and years. And they, they are the ultimate explorers and, and, uh, free birds. So this information you find on this app is the ultimate, uh, camping and off the beaten path type of stuff. So solid. Yeah, basically app. we would, figure out about what time we'd be getting somewhere and we'd start looking on the map for camping places that were near where we thought we would, you know, be or, uh -huh. yeah. And so we totally, every single day, I and mean, we had, to, we didn't know we were sleeping that night at any given mm -hmm. time at all, um, <laughs> which was amazing. It was incredibly yeah, free. Um, right. But once we figured out about the, where we were going to be, that's when we would pull out the app and we would find a place um, mm -hmm. And that in conjunction with the maps.me app is all you need. Like Essential. if you have nothing yeah. else, that's what you need because both of them work offline. You have to download the map on maps.me first. Make sure that you have all the maps for Chile uh, or wherever you are downloaded while you're still on Wi-Fi. Otherwise they won't help you all that much. <laughs> but yeah, it has routing on there. So we use that as our GPS. I mean, you probably had that maps.me app open for... Two and a half years is what I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super helpful. And yeah, and, and it links right in Overland, iOverlander links right yeah. into maps.me. So you can like save the little marker on the map and then be routing it within a few seconds. Yeah. So um, those are two essential apps. And then there's multiple groups on Facebook, but the, the, the most popular and the most useful one, I think, is called Pan American Travelers Association. Pan American Travels Association. So find that, join it. And it's on a Facebook, very, right? on, on Facebook, it's a very active community of people who are, who have done the Pan American Highway, 
who are currently doing it and people who are planning to do it. And, um, all types of real time feedback you can get, you know, play also places to go also certain routes to take also, uh, mechanical advice or, um, fine here. I need a good shop. I need a good VW mechanic in, uh, Bogota, Colombia, for example, or anything like that. And I used it all the time. I actually found the people who bought my car. That's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. Yep. Sold I sold your truck on a Facebook Using this app. Yep. Are you sorry? Using this Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. That was actually really cool because you had all of that squared away before the time came, which it's because yep. you were planning it ahead and you knew what your dates were going to be, but you found those buyers weeks, a month, two months. Maybe it was about a month at least before you were ready to sell. So that's really nice. Yeah, it worked out great. Got to be proactive about it, you know, because if not, yeah. if you get down to the bottom of Ushuaia and you got a plane ticket, you need to be home. Time's and up. you don't, and you don't have thousands of dollars to ship your car back on a boat. Uh, then you are going to take a hit on that sale. You're going to have to drop your car by thousands of dollars to sell it in time. So. Yeah. With those two tips right there, you're starting off on the right foot. I Overlander and Pan American Travelers Association Facebook group. So gold mines, both of them. Yeah. Um, And then if you were, some of those couples that you met actually were shipping their cars back and they they do that from Uruguay, right? From Montevideo, both of them? We're doing that? Um, Well, I don't know, both. There's a lot of people who do that though. If they come over from, sometimes Mm -hmm. people ship their car over from Europe um, and they ship it to Montevideo. In, in yeah, that's that's right. That's the big port to ship in and out of in South America. Lots of people from Europe ship their cars there. Uh, and and yeah, what you're referring to, two of my overlanding buddies, they drove back north and they shipped their cars back to the United States from Uruguay. And that's another big benefit of the Facebook group, the Pan American Travelers Association as well. So you can post, you know, Hey, I'm in this area. Uh, is there any other overlanders who wants to meet up? And, you know, you can find traveling buddies to caravan with, you know, and it's really fun because everyone has got their own camping gear. You guys just go out and find some remote, crazy place, beautiful place on top of a mountain. And next thing you know, you guys are traveling together for weeks at a time and camping together every night around the campfire, drinking whiskey and telling stories, you know, so it's pretty cool. And we saw a couple of them way down south, a couple different times. Yeah. People that, that you travel on the Lagunas route with, which was it, super Exactly. Cool. Yeah. We met up with them in Coyhaique. And you'll realize that, you know, it sounds like a crazy idea driving the Pan American Highway, but there's way more people doing it than you think it is, think there are. Um, there's not bumper-to-bumper traffic going down the Pan American Highway. It's not like a super saturated idea, but there's more people doing it than you think. And I guarantee you, if you post in that group, uh, you're eventually going to find someone in the same area as you. And next thing you know, you guys are best friends traveling down the Pan Am together. And yeah, that's right. Uh, we met up in Coyhaique, which is about halfway down the Carretera Austral, uh, with a couple from California that I had met on the Lagunas route in the Salt Flats in Bolivia. And I met up with them later in Ushuaia. We actually finished we finished the Pan Am together. Oh, that's the coolest. Did I tell yeah. you that I saw them in Puerto Natales? I ran into them again no. too. After well, see, that's you had the already thing. gone south. Yeah. 
I know. So you just were, run into the same people. You were just through. on the side of the road, and I, I, I was driving by. I was with a friend. And I was like, "Wait a second! I know these people." They were trying to find a hotel, and we helped them out. But <laughs> there you go. Shout, yeah. shout out to shout out to Ash Livin. Y'all check out the hashtag on Instagram, Ash Livin. Yeah. A S H L I V I N. Yeah. You guys will see their accounts. They're really cool couple, uh, and uh, Ashwin is a great photographer, and they've got a drone and man, you yeah. guys will find some, you guys will find some inspiration to do this following yeah. them. Sure. And then, um, the, our Christmas too, we had a Christmas dinner with another couple that you, that you <laughs> met on the way, which was so cool because they randomly saw your truck. This is the cool thing. You recognize each other by the cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. They randomly saw your truck parked outside of a hotel in El Chalten in Argentina. Yep. Right after we got out of Chile. And then they came into the hotel, like looking for you, like, what are you mm-hmm. doing here? Let's have Christmas dinner together. And so that was sweet <laughs> because we were four by then, four people. And uh, yeah, we didn't five. have, we didn't have plans for Christmas dinner. And so suddenly we found ourselves in their Airbnb having this beautiful leg of lamb Christmas dinner. Oh man, it was so good. This couple from England that you had met a few centuries so north. Yeah, same same deal. Shout out to at Sumo Goes South, Sumo by the way. <laughs> Sumo Goes South, which is the name of their truck, which is also a forerunner. Sumo uh, just went home too. Everybody's going yeah. home now. It's like you guys, you guys were on the trail for the same amount of time, and now you're yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was cool to run into them. We had mm-hmm. a big Christmas celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, L- thank God they're super good cookers. You know, super good cookers. chefs. <laughs> <Cookers>. <laughs> Shows you how much I know about cooking when I call people cookers. Uh. <laughs> you can cook salchicha. <laughs> and pretty much yeah. nothing else <laughs> except onions. You, do you want to uh, tell your listeners why my nickname is Salchicha, uh, is salchicha Boy? <laughs> okay, first of all, a salchicha is a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I... I <laughs> okay, 40, it's a lot of hot dogs. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, actually, we can't just leave it at that. Um I think it was three days in to hanging out. I called you Salchicha Boy for the first time because you were eating them like raw from the package. <laughs> Salchicha Boy. Do that. But here's the thing. When you're on the road and you're camping every night and cooking um, and buying food at grocery stores, Salchichas, when they come in a pack of 20, are really easy to grab off the shelf and eat for almost every single meal. Uh, uh, <laughs> lo de siempre. Yeah. yeah it kind of tricks so, you into tricks. You, if you mix it in with enough stuff, it kind of tricks you into uh, the belief that you're eating meat. Yes, exactly. We <laughs> ate a meat. lot of salchicha on that road. In fact, we had a recipe that we ended up calling lo de, lo de siempre, which means the usual, basically, in Spanish. It's just the same the shit. The same, yeah, the, the same as always, your go-to. And mm-hmm. um, basically, it was any sort of variation of onions, green peppers, because they were always the cheap, cheap ones to find. Carrots. Carrots. And salchicha. <laughs> and usually, we'd add, what, pasta or 
Sometimes rice, broccoli, or rice, or, or lentils, puree. We had papas, oh, um, potatoes, uh, yeah, mashed potatoes, mashed potato. instant mashed potatoes. Hey, and uh, in the morning, oh, we know this works in the morning too. Yeah. Not with the carrots, you get take the carrots out, but you know, you still throw some onions and some and some green peppers and some hot dogs and those and, and those eggs. Oh, we. That's the breakfast of champions right Just there. Put enough hot sauce away. on it to drown your sorrows out with the hottest sauce you can find from eating the same thing five days in a row. Seriously. Five days. Really that was, I mean, we literally ate that. I have not had a salchicha since then. I am proud to say. Neither have I. I don't think I ever <laughs> want to eat another salchicha. I know. But it's funny. It's like you have trail names. Like when you hike the Appalachian Trail, you hike the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh my Pan Am Highway tr- name was definitely Salchicha Boy, as christened as christened by Jackie. Yeah. She, uh, needless to say, she was quite impressed with my culinary skills. Not really. <laughs> thank God you were a champ about it, though. You, yeah. thank God, thank God you're not picky. Because if no. you were, I don't think we would have survived. No, I'm making fun of both of us here because we literally ate this meal after meal, and then there was that one time. <laughs> That we made it with mashed potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) We somehow arrived at the same destination. Uh, We were like, oh, we're going to switch things up a little bit and get mashed potatoes, you know. We were planning on, you know, sauteing up some vegetables on the side and and then cutting up the hot dogs and maybe like kind of like grilling them up to where they're crispy and black and then putting some mustard like and having them to dip and then a side of mashed potatoes. So we're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to change gears a little bit. And we're from the, from the normal low, they see which we made with rice and pasta and lentils. So we started doing, we started cooking up that, that dinner. And then all of a sudden we were ready and everything and, and everything was ready to eat. And we put it all on the plate. And then we kind of just, that's the thing though. It wasn't a plate. It was a little bowl. So everything kind of fell together. And the next thing we know, we just were like, ah, screw it. And we just stirred it up and ate it. And I remember the first bite you took, you just started laughing so hard. And you were just like, I was like, what? What's so funny? And you were just like, it's the same thing we always eat but it's so good still. <laughs> yeah. it's no, just you still knew so exactly good. why I was laughing as soon as I started laughing. <laughs> because it was, it just tasted so good. You know what? We're so lucky that we are both easy to please in that department because it could have gotten ugly real fast with the food. But we didn't have a lot of options down there. The stories, yeah. the stories, the stores down in Southern Patagonia, they all had salchicha. Yep. They didn't have a whole lot of anything else. So... Yeah, and that's definitely one of the uh, the difficulties about traveling down there. But you also have to realize that I am not the most creative cook. I uh, <laughs> chef master salchicha boy, um, cooker for cooker, <laughs> yeah, cooker. <laughs> um, because Ashwin and and Liv, the two people I was just talking about, and Sumo goes south. Lauren and the few the few times I met up with them, they also had. A, access to very limited groceries and they always kind of figured out a way to whip up something a little more impressive. Uh, so that being said, there is a way, you know, but it is know what not, you're doing and you have to be creative and some of us exactly. aren't. Some yeah, of us have other I, priorities, like making sure we get as many bottles of wine as possible. 
<laughs> Priority That's number one. thing that, that Chili does have in abundance is giant bottles of red wine for super cheap. And it's delicious. Cheap, cheap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you said, like that's like the one good quality food item or that's not a food food item, but consumable. Uh, consumable item. I feel like that chili produces that's good and cheap. Chili's quite expensive. When you farther south you get, it gets more expensive and you're getting down there near the end of the world. So, you know, they don't have an abundance of a lot of products. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wine, oh, wait, you could always count on the wine to come through. So we've we've been talking about salchicha, salchichas now for about ten minutes and a little bit of wine. So let's move on <laughs> from the food. <laughs> let's leave the All salchichas right. behind. Fair enough. They served their purpose. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so let's talk real quick about. By the way, I have a post on my blog about this, and I will be linking to all the things that we've mentioned on the show notes page. Um when this is all said and done. Um, And the post about this part that Ford and I did together is at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash Patagonia road trip. So you can find it easily there. And I'll link to it on the show notes page. But we are going to get into how we did the Carretera Austral. And that means the Southern Highway. Um, It's a part of Chilean Patagonia that basically is a is a road that they have only recently built to connect towns that were previously only reachable by boat. Um, and now you can drive the whole thing, although there are required, uh, like obligatory, obligatory, is that the word? Um, nice. Ferries. Nice word. Oh, thanks. Along the way. Um, but you can do it in a car. And once you get down to the bottom, there is even a ferry you can take out the very end, but it's super expensive. So we didn't do it. We actually drove. We had to drive backtrack a little bit up and around into Argentina. But this is the most epic road trip possibly in the world. I mean, I haven't done all the road trips in the world, but I would think that any other road would be hard-pressed to beat out the Carretera Austral no doubt. in terms of beauty and adventure and just wild, wild side. For the outdoor adventure lover, this is the ultimate, ultimate playground. Yep. And so let's talk about our adventure there. All right. Sorry to leave you guys hanging, but I am going to stop it right there. Ford and I pretty much didn't stop talking for five weeks. So, you know, I have to cut us off at some point. Um, But stay tuned because that conversation is happening in the very next show. It'll be episode 89. Uh, You can find everything that we mentioned in today's episode on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 88. The other quick link that I'm going to give you guys right now is to the big guide that I wrote uh, about our trip down the Carretera Austral. And you can find that at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash Patagonia road trip, all one word. And also don't forget that I am leading trips to Patagonia every year. Now I'm about to do my third one this year. It is open for registration and you can find all of my trip information at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 
trips. That will take you straight there. Right now, there is a trip to Jordan coming up in May that still has spots left and planning Patagonia for later this fall. And there will be more coming. So check that out. If you're interested in traveling with me, it is super, super cool to be able to travel with you guys. There's a video on that page that kind of uh, shows what it's like to travel with me that, that we made from the last Patagonia trip. So go to thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash trips and uh, check out that video. And I hope to see you on one of my future trips. And in the meantime, stick around because I will be right back with that next conversation. So see you guys in the next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.